Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, podcaster, near to well. No, that's not what he is. He doesn't live in the palatial estate in France anymore either, but he's also a commentator on all things technology and music and everything like that. A little bit later, Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer will join us. All this and more excitement on the Tech Night Owl Live. Now, Kirk, before we get on with our stuff this week, I assure you we probably will not discuss the disclosure of some of those secret Kennedy assassination documents. This is not for the show. That's for the Paracast, where we might. You never know. So what's happening to you in your world, Kirk? Well, I attended something last week, and it's interesting because there's an overlap in our interests. I saw Ian McKellen perform King Lear in a little theater in the south of England. You know, I know Ian McKellen as a Shakespearean actor and an excellent actor, whereas you know Ian McKellen from his roles in the superhero movies that you like. In Lord of the Rings, in... Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, someone in X-Men. X-Men. He's one of the X-Men. He was the guy who was the pal of Patrick Stewart in real life and in the movies. Of course, Patrick Stewart was supposedly the hero. He was able to make it so he would engage... I don't know anything about X-Men, but I've long been a fan of Ian McKellen, and King Lear is is an extraordinary role. Um, He performed it 10 years ago here in Stratford-upon-Avon before I lived here, and there was a film made of it, which is really brilliant. So the opportunity to see him do this live on a small stage from the front row, and this is his last Shakespeare performance he announced in an interview recently. Um, it was really something. I know you don't care about the King Lear part, but the Ian McKellen thing, I, th- I think it's interesting that an actor like this has the type of career that can span everything from classical theater to modern superhero movies. Well, he's 400 years old. You have to expect this. He might be. Hard to tell. He does look quite old, and they say he's 78 years old. Um, King Lear is a play that's more than three hours long, and at the end, he carries his dead daughter out on his back. And I have to say, for a 78-year-old man, he showed a remarkable amount of stamina. Okay. You can see my review on my website, so you can see some of the photos from the from the production. Um, he does look old. Obviously, the role of King Lear is a man that's very old who's losing his mind, but he really plays this role very well. I guess if you are a fan of King Lear, if you are a fan of Ian McKellen, and do you know one of the movies he appeared in, which nobody remembers, he appeared as Margot Lane's dad in The Shadow with Alec Baldwin as The Shadow back in the 1990s. Was he in that movie? I didn't remember that. Yes, he played Margot Lane's father, this kind of goofy kind of scientist, nuclear scientist. I liked that movie. Okay. Nobody else did. Because I grew up listening to radio. And The Shadow was a big character on radio. And The Shadow, as you'll see if you ever look at the beginning of the movie version with Alec Baldwin. So, of course, The Shadow was a masked vigilante who learned his skills in the Orient. And in the movie Batman Begins, Batman learned his skills in the Orient. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah, because Batman, in some respects, is kind of based on the shadow. Both the millionaire playboys. Sarcastic. I know. 
But people forget the shadow. They forget the influences. I know. And we've discussed the shadow many times. I'm a big fan of the shadow. I used to read the books. I never really paid attention to the radio show. Um, I was too young when it was on. And you can hear some of it online and download them. And I don't really like the radio show that much. But I used to read the books that were written by Walter B. Gibson, who was a famous magician back in the day. In the early days, Walter B. Gibson was a frequent guest on the Long John Nebel radio show in New York City. So he wrote, under the name, I think, Maxwell Grant, like yes. 300 short novels. Yeah. 300 of The yeah. Shadow. Now, The Shadow in the novels was not the same as The Shadow in the movies. No. Because they played it for laughs. They also took this new movie, the one with Alec Baldwin from the 90s, they kind of played it over the top, but it had a lot of the elements there. And the style and the sets were just great. And Alec Baldwin's dark side shone through. And maybe that's why he didn't want to do another one, even if they made one. Because you got to see him as a nasty guy, which he could be. I think this is, I don't like the word franchise for this, but this is a character who could be renewed these days. The, the way people are approaching movies. I mean, it would have to be done in the sort of anti-superhero movie, in other words, not with magic and uber-violence and all that, it would have to take advantage of the, the skills of the shadow, the power he has to cloud men's minds. And I think someone could take that if with the right actor and make a good series of movies. Okay, so who is a young Alec Baldwin? I thought he was perfect for the role because of the dark Don't think nature. of a young Alec Baldwin. Think of a young shadow. A young shadow who would play Think of the someone shadow. who could, I mean, I can't think offhand of an actor who could do something like that, but what's his name? The guy in the Dark Tower, not Idris Elba, the other one. Actually, I was thinking here. Unfortunately, the guy who could have done the shadow already played Batman, Christian Bale. No, I don't see him as the shadow. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, I think, is a little older. You'd want somebody in his late 20s or early 30s. And McConaughey I'm not sure is how important that is for the story of The Shadow. I think you'd have a lot of flexibility. The Shadow is a New York character. And McConaughey has a very, very distinct Southern accent that he doesn't really ever lose, does he? Well, Idris Elba's English, and he does American accents quite well. Well, um, Idris so Elba is a totally different kind of actor. No, I'm saying what I mean is that actors can work with different accents. They're not locked into their native accents. I like to see a darker shadow. Who would play the shadow? <laughs> Listeners, let's just, you know, instead of talking about the shadow for the rest of the episode. Listeners, if you have any idea after looking into the character and understand it's something like Batman, okay? He's a rich playboy and part-time kind of amateur detective, and then he becomes the shadow. Someone like that. I think like he has that. to be played more like a James Bond character. And I don't think Alec Baldwin had that. He has to have that suave attitude of a James Bond. You think so? Yeah. Because the difference is that when he's in his normal guise as a rich whatever... Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Yes, he is a wealthy young man about town, and he exudes that wealth, and he just gets everything right. He picks the right wine with each meal, and he has the right watch, and he has the right cufflinks and all that. So he has to be someone who has a certain level of class. An American James Bond or a British actor who could do a really good American accent. And I'm thinking, who? How about the guy who played the saint on a TV show? He appeared as the descendant of an Arab dictator in a TV show called Tyrant. 
And then he appeared as the saint. And he has kind of that style about him. I thought of him as a possible James Bond. I forget the guy's name. He's a fellow like in his late 30s. And if you look at the movie database, we'll take a look at Tyrant and see the name of the actor. All right? You have to see it's on Netflix. It's Adam Rayner is the name of the actor. I don't know who that is. And you have to see him without his beard. Look him up, Adam Rayner. And he played in Tyrant. His age is about right. He's just about 40. He's British, but certainly can do an American accent. And I think he can be sort of a dark character. So, you know, if you want to see that, look him up. That's a possibility. And he's not that well known. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, a name that's a bit off the wall. But if you think about it, it might be ideal. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I mean... He's old enough now. Yes, he is. He's 28. He is, you kind of want somebody who's possibly taller than him. He's not a very big guy. But then, you know, let's take a look here. He's five foot five, my friend. I yeah, think... but you just get short people around him. <laughs> of, yeah, you just hire a bunch of short actors and you give them platform shoes. It'll be fine. Let's see. Alan Ladd was a famous movie actor. Hero was five foot six. We got more to come with Kirk McElhern if we figure this out on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're an unincorporated business owner, it's too late for you. That is, if you've already been sued and lost your home, your car, and your personal life savings. But if you haven't been sued yet, there is still time to incorporate and protect your personal assets. And the first step is just a phone call away. Because Incorporate.com is now giving away a free incorporation toolkit to all business owners, including exclusive information on how to start and grow your business. For your free incorporation toolkit, call now, 1-800-936-9256. Incorporation is the shield that protects your personal assets. Without it, you could lose everything. That's why at Incorporate.com, they just make incorporating or forming an LLC quick and easy. They don't provide legal or financial advice. If someone sues tomorrow, will you lose everything? Don't wait until it's too late. Call now for your free incorporation toolkit. Hurry, they're still giving them away for free at 1-800-936-9256. Call 1-800-936-9256. That's 1-800-936-9256. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 
365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calbend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're now, of course, doing casting here. We're going to cast The Shadow, okay, a brand new version of The Shadow. And you have to look up the character. And I recommend that you go online, see if they can download maybe some of the old books. You can find all of them online. Sure. Look up The Shadow and think of which actors might work. I said Adam Rayner because I thought playing a Simon Templer, who was kind of that Bond kind of character, was very good. I thought he was good at that. The Saint. It's on Netflix if you want to see exactly what he did. He played a good action hero there. And you want someone like that. He's about the right age, maybe at the higher end of it. He's also a potential James Bond replacement, by the way. Well, everyone's a potential James Bond replacement, let's be honest. Okay. And definitely not Chris Pine, because he's in too many franchises already. Although they killed him off in Wonder Woman, so you never know. Well, that's the thing. You need to have an actor who's not in other superhero movies. You can't have that sort of bleed from one superhero to the other. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just looking at a couple of web pages of, of young actors, like under 30. I got a guy who, who's already played Superman, but only for a couple of episodes. Tyler Hoechlin. He was in a movie as a kid, Road to Perdition, a movie. He played in Teen Wolf. He played Superman in four episodes of Supergirl. He's the right age. He has that dark look about him because he played a werewolf also. He's the right height and build. 
You know, I always saw the shadow as a character who is an unlikely hero, who's more, I'm trying to think of, you know, a tall, gangly English actor, right? Young Jeremy Irons. He's more young Jeremy Irons than sort of Chris Helmsworth or something. I don't see him as the likely superhero in the stories. Well, remember, his power is mental, not physical, but he also has to pull off the playboy angle. Right, and that's why I see more the playboy than the superhero in casting that. Look up Tyler Hoechlin and tell me if he doesn't have the look. Point is here, he played in Teen Wolf, he also played Superman, and he plays Clark Kent with a really good touch of low-key humor. And you need that humor. Mm, I don't see it. See, he looks too Latin lover. You think so? Yeah, the shadow to me is like a a pasty-faced wasp guy. His normal character is not one that you would expect to be a superhero. I think that's a lot of the story of the shadow is that, that people look at him and they think, oh, you can't be anyone important. You're just some guy who goes around town. But you have to have somebody, I think, who makes it as the playboy. You have to look at this guy and say, yeah. Yes, and that's that's why I said he's got to have the James Bond attitude to be the playboy. Okay, so anybody we consider for James Bond... Exactly. ...can be a shadow. Right, that to me works. He has to be the kind of... Daniel Craig is too confident. He's got to be someone who isn't overly confident. Well, Daniel Craig doesn't even have the look of James Bond, but he's pulled it off. He's too short. He's got light hair. Yeah, but we think of James Bond as Sean Connery, although maybe he not necessarily was the right James Bond. It's just he was the guy who they cast, and that set the standard. But we're trying to find who would be the ideal person. Folks, write news at technightowl.com. Who should play the shadow? And maybe Kirk and I I can produce it. I found the answer, and you cannot contest my answer this is he's not an actor but he would be the per he's got the perfect look for the shadow justin trudeau okay all right so folks here's what we're going to do again write to news at technightowl.com suggest the actor you think could pull off the shadow he has to be the free-willing playboy but maybe a touch of menace that you see every so often of course he has the power to cloud your mind, so you cannot see him. He's the shadow. And he can wear that silly costume like Alec Baldwin did. A young Alec Baldwin, he was young then. He was in his, what, late 20s, early 30s when he did the role. I thought he actually had the character down fairly well. Kirk doesn't. Yeah, but I don't think he had the look of the character. Well, I don't know, because if you look at the people who played the shadow in the 40s, they were just mainstream actors, B-movie actors who played heroes. Let's talk about the hot issues in the tech field. And to show you what's really happening, as we talk, of course, Apple already allegedly sold out the first online allotment of the iPhone 10. So by the... Amazing, thir- isn't it? I, I mean, I could put on sale, you know, one item of something and then say it's sold out. I'm exaggerating a little bit um i think the sellout is more the lack of availability than an overwhelming demand of course it could be the confluence of the two uh, everything that we've been seeing has suggested that the iphone 8 isn't selling very well that a lot of people were waiting for the iphone x 
Um, but it's also very likely that Apple just didn't have too many to sell. And I, I find it very surprising that Apple's shares have gone up currently at the time we're recording. Um, so about halfway through the day in the U.S., more than 3% um, on news that the phone has sold out. Yet all that means is that there weren't enough to meet demand. And if a company can't make enough product to meet demand, that's not a good thing. Right. The question is, is there anything Apple could have done to improve yield rates? And I don't know, because you've got some new stuff in there. Not the OLED display. That's been done already, even though quantities are not super high. It's Face ID and the true depth camera and all that stuff. Could Apple have done better that they bite off more than they can chew? Or do they realize, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll suffer all right for a small amount. We don't know. There have been reports that they had problems um, making part of this um, Face ID camera. Apparently, it's in two parts. One is the camera and the other is the part that projects the dots. And... Apple actually came out a couple of days ago and very surprisingly issued a press release um, refuting this, the, the the suggestion that they weren't able to produce as many as possible. And Apple never does that. Yeah, but um, the they, actual Kirk, complaint, Kirk, was that Apple had lowered their standard for quality control uh, in yes, order to get correct. more units in the chain. This yeah. was a story from Bloomberg. And Apple said, no, that's not true, which doesn't mean anything to me except it's possible apple had a higher spec at one time and this was the best they could do i just think apple's just going to bite the bullet maybe this quarter will be a little underwhelming but once they get enough of these things out and they get everything perfected it's going to be pretty good it could be but this of course leads to a problem with the upgrade program where you you've got a 12 month upgrade plan and then you're skewing it So if people don't get this phone until, say, December, but next year the new phone comes out in October, then they can't get the new phone right away. And every time the delivery slips another month, it puts people out of sync with that 12-month period. Of course, they can fix that. They can tell people, well, you've had it 10 months, we'll let you upgrade now. But I, I find that a little bit of a problem that they've been committing to providing phones to people every 12 months. We'll have more on this with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original, most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So I think the long and short of it is we talked with Kirk McElhern here about the iPhone 10 and about the severe back order situation. Could Apple have done anything or are they just prepared to have a quarter that's going to be a little underwhelming because of the back order situation? They'll catch up next year. It's entirely possible, but it's hard to predict what's going to happen. If the iPhone 8 hasn't been selling well because people have been waiting for the iPhone X, it's possible that given the current delays, and we're talking about eight hours after the iPhone X went on sale, 
showing five to six weeks for delivery, it's very possible that people will just give up and end up buying the iPhone 8. So on the one hand, uh, they've got that sort of backup device, and, and they'd probably prefer that people buy the iPhone 8. So it may not actually affect their bottom line. The people may go for the other phone instead of waiting for the one that they really wanted. I'm sure Apple understood this when they went into it, that there would be problems. They can't be that foolish. I mean, some of the tech media wants to say, hey there, Apple is dumb. They don't know what they're doing. They've lost their mojo. No, they're doing something that's brand new. It's a brand new product. It's not the first iPhone that's been backordered. It may be more severe than other iPhones, but it's not the first one. It's not going to be the last. And if this is the demand, if there's a really big demand for this product, as they get these things into the channel, they know every single thing they could sell, they'll sell. Some people will simply buy other iPhones and not wait. And in the end, if this quarter isn't quite what they expect, next quarter will be. Yeah, and maybe some people will defect and buy the Google phone because that's going to be full of fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful phone. Okay. <laughs> I've seen some things about that. We've all experienced screen burning, and, and we used computers back in the day when you actually used a screensaver to prevent screen burn-in rather than just to, to display something attractive on your screen. A phone getting screen burn-in after a week? I mean, seriously? What's going to happen after a year to that thing? We're talking here, by the way, about what is it, an OLED phone? I believe it is, yeah. Which is OLED's not in, supposed to have burn-in. It's not supposed to burn in, exactly. So what the heck is going on here? And, of course, you're, some people say that the pixels are the greatest things in sliced bread, but they seem to forget something. And that is, Google has never sold a lot of their custom phones. They had the Nexus phone. And I guess the Nexus didn't do well, so they have the Pixel phone by Google, which does no better. It's available only, what, one or two carriers? It does no better for now. It's, it's brand new. But I think it's a very good thing that Google is committed to making hardware. You know, they've been coming out with the that Google Home and a couple of other devices. I think it's good that we have more competition in the hardware area. Yeah, but it's the same thing. You bring out these products and they offer the pure Google experience. But as phones, compared to Samsung, compared to Apple, compared to other companies, they're mediocre. They're not that good. What's the point of showing the way and not come out with a decent product? Now, we might look as another example of the Surface from Microsoft, which was given uh, no recommendation from Consumer Reports. Of course, Consumer Reports, I have questions about their technology reviews, but they claim that the reliability of the Surface, the ones that their readers have had and reported on, is not very good. So it's a not recommended product. And Microsoft managed to get sales up to a billion dollars in the last quarter, which they say is pretty good. And I think that's a fraction I've of heard, the number of Macs that I've are heard sold. Good things about, I've heard good things about the Microsoft Surface. It's not that whether it's a good computer or not, it's the reliability. And the reliability being subpar could be an issue. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard from a number of people that they like it. And, and I think that the Google phone, you know, it could be teething problems uh, because w what i find interesting is that google is going into the phone the hardware itself is not the most important thing apparently the camera is very good but it's the software that's running a lot of the things the software behind the camera the software behind the personal assistant and all that sort of stuff you know google is trying to create their own hardware ecosystem with the google home and with their vr goggles that i think we're still a little bit too early for that and with the 
is it called the Pixel Book? The Pixel Book with their new Chromebook. Now that's overpriced, but I think they're starting to make inroads in a market where they can probably do better in the coming years. I, I personally, we talked about this last year. I personally think the Chromebook is is a pretty good idea for most computer users. I don't think the price of the Pixel Book is a good idea. Uh, it's a thousand pounds here, so it's probably a thousand dollars in the U.S. I would see a Chromebook as being a $500 computer, but it's attractive. It it hinges around to be a tablet. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that Google is in the hardware market, period. We can criticize them and we can say, well, maybe it's not as good as possible, but they've got enough money to commit to this for the long term. And this is just better for everyone that we get more competition. They've been making Nexus phones for years. They didn't do well. Now we have Pixel phones. It's kind of like Microsoft, where Microsoft, when they can't sell a product very well, they change the name and they continue and they try something new. Let's go back to the iPhone 10 because here's something which has a technology twist to it in some ways. iPhone 10 orders held up by credit freezes put in place after Equifax hack. Now, as listeners outside the U.S. may not realize, Equifax was one of three major credit bureaus and they were hacked. Now, whatever the problem is, people who were impacted, if they join up with this credit monitoring service called Trusted ID that's being supplied by Equifax, you get an automatic freeze on your credit. And what that means is nobody could look at your credit report from Equifax unless you contact Equifax and say, let them do it. This is not like a credit lock. A lock means you have the power with each transaction to unlock your credit report for a specific company, like a car finance company or a bank or whatever. With a freeze, you have to contact the credit bureau. It's kind of complicated. So therefore, people who want to buy an iPhone with their upgrade program, they have to have their credit checked. But their credit checked, if they use Equifax, and they can use one of the three credit reporting agencies... If they use Equifax, there's a freeze. Suddenly, you can't get your order through until you call Equifax and say, release it so I can get my order processed. So it's yeah, a problem that's, that's of their creation, yeah. but it's screwing people. Yeah. Well, it's not Apple's fault. Uh, I mean, you know, for a long time, I lived in France, and there were no credit reporting bureaus there. But in the UK, there are. In France, if you wanted to get credit on something, you'd have to apply with, you'd have to have proof of, like tax forms of how much you've earned and things like that. And it was all an ad hoc system. I Now that I'm living under that system, which really didn't exist, I think, when I left the States, or at least not very much. I left the States in 84. It turns out that it's a pretty, it's just a weird system because anyone can add information and, and people checking your credit actually dings your credit number, your credit rating. And the, this sort of thing with, with hacks, with Equifax, um, makes it harder to buy things. And it's just, it's a system that really shouldn't be working because it's preventing people from buying things that they want to buy, or in some cases that they need to buy. And it's turning people down maybe for mortgages or other types of loans. Yet the whole system itself is broken. Obviously, that's not the topic for this podcast, um, but you brought it up, and I, I think people are just paying the price for that, um, you know, if they want to buy it on credit. Well, here's the situation, and that is that people are buying or trying to buy a product from Apple, technology, the iPhone 10, But because of the Equifax hack and the side effects of that, 
they can't buy the product in a timely fashion because of that. Anyway, from Apple, we are thrilled to be taking orders for iPhone 10, the future of the smartphone. We can see from the initial response, customer demand is off the charts. We're working hard to get this revolutionary new product into the hands of every customer who wants one as quickly as possible. We will keep accepting orders online and iPhone 10 will be available at Apple retail stores on Friday, November 3rd, starting at 8 a.m., as well as from our carrier and retailer partners around the world. That's Apple's statement. We'll have more to come on the Tech Night Alive. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... There's stores I love to eat. Yum! Thepowermall.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. 
Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to NutraMedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888 212 8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. KD Armor has been on a mission to manufacture the most comfortable body armor on the market, and we've succeeded. With the release of our CQB technology, we now offer the most comfortable concealable rifle threat body armor available. Things may look good now, but what if you need added protection? Get your very own concealable rifle threat armor today at kdarmor.com. And for a limited time, get all plates at wholesale pricing only at catiarmor.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we know what Apple says. Of course, it's normal corporate spin. And there are other words we can use, but this is a family radio show on radio stations regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. Kirk McElhern, is this telling us anything at all, or is it spin? Is the real demand really, really that high? We don't know how high. It could be, but you know what I find interesting is that Tim Cook developed his reputation as the guy who mastered the supply chain. Um, Yet we've seen, since he's been running the company, a number of instances like this where... Uh, people can't get phones, um, the AirPods. How many months were the AirPods listed at three to four weeks delivery? Uh, Aren't they still? Aren't they still? No, I just looked there. I just looked. I could get one for next week. I got one on the first day. Uh, I hadn't been planning to. Was this last, was this a year ago? They went on sale the same day as the iPhone 7, I believe. Um, And I hadn't been planning to. And I went to the Apple website and I saw they were available for next week delivery. So I said, why not? But following that, it was three or four weeks until about a month ago. So this is nearly a year that they were unable to supply this product. Now, it seems that the guy who mastered the supply chain didn't master it that well. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe because of the fact that he over, shall we say, overestimated his capability to manage the supply chain, they've taken on challenges that were much harder to deliver on, you see. So that may also be that way. So if you know you can do 10 laps as a swimmer, so I'll take on 12 next week, but you still do 10, but you need to do 12 to meet your promise. So Apple knows it can do 50 million or something, but they need to build 70 million. And Tim Cook said, okay, fine, we'll build 70 million, but you can't. Imagine that, in a few quarters, Apple's selling 100 million iPhones per quarter. 
the problem isn't Apple. The problem is the entire supply chain. The problem is Samsung, who makes the memory or the, the flash drives, and, and LG, who makes the displays, whatever it is. All these companies have to build these products and bring them to the factories. Um, maybe Apple is getting to the point where their production is just too high for these supply chains to manage. That, you know, remember, each component manufacturer has to make an investment to make a factory, and they're trusting Apple to make that factory profitable. Um, and it's it's a risk for everyone. They don't want to overcommit. So if they undercommit, that means, you know, they're, they're unable to provide as many components as needed, and then maybe some other company's going to get it, uh, get the contract. But then if they overcommit, they may lose money because they'll have a, a half-empty factory. It's not a simple process. You know, the day might come when Apple simply can't do this, that there's not enough capacity to make as many iPhones as they can actually sell. So come back. Is that Tim Cook's fault? Or are they in a situation where they're building a product people wanted? Maybe they have to rethink the supply chain. Well, maybe they have to develop their own supply chain. You know, they're making their own processors now for the phones. Maybe they're going to need to make their own processors for computers. Maybe they need to make their own display panels, um, their own flash memory, their own RAM. Uh, Because remember, uh, Apple is competing with other companies who need these same components for their phones and for their computers. Um, Now, the display in a $100 Android phone is nowhere near the same as the display in an iPhone, but it's still the same kind of factories that are building these. So if you've got, let's say, 100 million currently Android phones every quarter, which might be a valid number, Android far outsells. If you take all Android phones together, they outsell the iPhone. And you add onto this the iPhone, then there is a competition among these various companies who need these components. And it simply be that they've reached a point where these companies simply don't have the capacity in their factories. And building a factory to make this sort of things is not something you do in a few months. These are long-term projects. Well, this is why, for example, Apple wanted to invest in the purchase of Toshiba to get more memory chips. Yeah. Because one of the problems right now, and one reason why the iPhone pricing is a little bit higher, is that memory is costing more because it's harder to get in the quantities they want. So, Apple's also looking into other display technologies, not just OLED. That might be an interim step. There's a new technology that they're working on. The point being here is Apple surely knows this and realizes that at some point something has to give and something needs to be done to expand the supply chain to allow them to build 100 million iPhones a quarter if that's what's necessary. They have to know that. And one of the things that, that, that's happening is uh, these factories that build these components and, and assemble the phones and all that are moving to other countries. When you and I were young, made in Japan was pretty much a derogatory thing to see on the box of a technological product. You assumed that it was poorly made and it was cheap. And this was because Japan was rebuilding after World War II. And when Japan's products got better, um, the cheaper country to build things was Taiwan. So we saw made in Taiwan and we thought this was cheap. Then Taiwan became expensive and now China is becoming expensive and they're starting to build factories in India and even in some 
other Southeastern Asian countries, I think Vietnam and Cambodia and even Africa. So you've got the fact that these countries who are doing all this manufacturing work are pulling themselves up out of poverty and into the middle class, which means that it's becoming more expensive and actually too expensive to build the products for more advanced countries. And, you know, iPhone is a perfect example. Understand, Kirk, we're soon going to run out of countries. We will in, in, a, in a generation or two. See, right now, Apple's making a big deal cozying up to the government of India to set up plants there and everything. Sure. Yeah, they're planning ahead. But, you you know, I think we're going to have more robots doing these things. I mean, there are already a lot of robots on these assembly lines, but there are still people who have to build the robots. And I think we're going to get a lot more automation in the coming years, which will make it possible to do these things more cheaply. But you've still got to spend the money to build the factory with the robots in the first place. I mean, it's it's quite fascinating when you look at the, the big picture of this, how, you know, in the past 60 or 70 years, these different countries have become richer as as a result of doing manufacturing like this. Well, there's also the illusion that somehow we can bring more manufacturing back to this country. It's almost political. I want to just go low key on this. But what a lot of companies are doing in the U.S., and this is cars too, is putting more and more automation and improving efficiency. So yes, you will still be able to hire people, but ultimately those people will manage the robots. Yeah, and these are high-skilled jobs. These aren't um, manufacturing-level skilled jobs. You know, the whole idea that um, certain politicians have suggested that Apple build iPhones in the U.S., it's pretty ridiculous. If you've ever seen any of these documentaries about the way Foxconn factories work and you know, people working 12-hour shifts, living in dormitories. There's no way Americans would work like this. Well, you see, here's the problem. You get the same people who pick the vegetables and the fruits, and you teach them. No, seriously speaking, what's going to happen here is Foxconn is going to be building a plant in Wisconsin. We don't know what's going to be like yet. We just know what the politicians say. Dimes to donuts, there will be more robotic construction there. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And part of it is, you know, with the robot, every single item off the production line is going to be perfect. You know, look at cars nowadays. You buy a car, the chances of getting a lemon are low. Even the cars that are poorly rated, it's not so much for the engine going bad or the suspension or something. It's because the infotainment system has lousy software. That's the biggest problem with cars nowadays. It's the lousy software. It's not the engine. I mean, when I had a compact car, and I have a compact car now, so where have I changed? When I had a compact car in the 70s, I'd be lucky if the engine lasted 60 or 70,000 miles before it needed major work. Now I talk to people all the time. Oh, I've got my Honda Accord. It's got 250,000 miles or 200,000. I've got to do some, some work now and spend a few thousand. But yeah, but they got 250,000 miles on it. I mean, cars last a lot longer nowadays than they did then. A car at 10, 20,000 miles just breaking in. How many miles does your yeah. car have? You have two cars. Well, how many, how many well, miles? We bought two, 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 new Toyota, two new Toyotas in the spring, so they don't have a lot of miles. But we, one of the cars that we got rid of was a 10-year-old Seattle Ibiza, which had just under 100,000 miles. And to me, 
the idea of a car hitting 100,000 miles was, you know, this isn't going to really last that much longer. And it was starting to get old, the interior and everything was getting worn out. But you're right. We probably could have kept it for a bit longer. If um, you spent a little money. Well, if you spent a little money, but so that's the thing. A 10-year-old car, which really has very little value, do you want to put more than its book value into updating it or upgrading it? You know, it's a tough decision to do we, that. We've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. Hello, Mr. Anderson. The NSA has noticed how much time you spend on conservative news sites. We have no choice but to consider you a domestic terrorist. Tired of your internet activity being monitored by Big Brother? Get VirtualShield.com, the world's easiest to use virtual private network. Browse the web anonymously, leaving pesky advertisers and spies in the dust. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're going to avoid iPhone 10 discussions beyond the production things because we haven't seen the reviews yet. We don't know if Face ID has glitches or anything. Kirk, you have an iPhone 8 Plus, right? I do. So the key here is that in terms of basic performance, other than Face ID and a larger display and the OLED and all that stuff, your phone will perform about the same. As far as I understand, exactly the same. And one of the new features on both phones is the cameras. Um, They have the same cameras. Uh, As you say, the OLED display, I don't think that makes that much of a difference, except maybe for power. Uh, I, I think it's it's exactly the same processor, uh, probably the same amount of RAM, so there's not that much of a difference. The difference with OLED is 
better blacks, richer colors. And when you turn the phone sideways, there's less deterioration in the quality. It's an unlimited viewing angle, but it doesn't really make a difference. No. I mean, I'm looking at my iPhone here. It's not a 8 Plus. It's an older model. I have no problem. It looks fine to me. The screen looks fine. And you're still going to have the expanded color gamut and all the other goodies on the iPhone 8 Plus. It's going to be larger. But then some people complain, what about the notch on the iPhone 10? I think that is in part a bit of an experiment from Apple. As much as it's an expensive retail product, they're trying out some things. There will be future models that will be different. Eventually, that technology, OLED or some other technology, the Face ID, if it works out right, it's going to be on the new iPhones next year or the year after. So what you're getting here is version 1.0. And do you want a version 1.0? Obviously, a lot of people do. I can see the argument here. Well, I'm getting that big screen. It's easier in my pocket. I don't have to have something as big as an iPhone 8 Plus. I mean, to you, Kirk, that's got to be a humongous phone. It is to me. I've handled them. The 8 Plus, yeah. But uh, I think we talked about this on a previous show. Um, You know, I've been using the iPhone SE. If I didn't work at home, I wouldn't use the 8 Plus. It's too big to carry around as a daily phone. Um, But since I work at home, it's just the advantage of having the bigger screen with my aging eyes. It just works a lot better. I don't really, the the iPhone X has this funny shape where it's taller um, and narrower. And that just looks a little bit strange. Um, And the notch, um, obviously, that looks a little bit strange. But I wouldn't be prepared to spend what is pretty much 200 pounds more um, for the iPhone X plus I think Apple Care is like a hundred or either fifty or a hundred pounds and dollars more. I'm not sure exactly what um, what it was, but I think it, it's a lot more expensive for the iPhone X. So if you add in um, the iPhone plus the Apple Care, it's substantially more expensive. Let's see, Apple Care is two hundred. I think it was one forty nine on my phone. So it's another fifty pounds. So it's eleven hundred fifty instead of I don't know nine hundred which is what I paid for mine for the same 64 gigs. And that's just that's just too much. Yeah, I think it is too. I think that it is a phone that will be very popular. But the question is, is this a one-off device with new technologies or is there going to be an iPhone 10 version 2 Series 2 next year? Well, my belief is that Apple skipped the iPhone 9 because there will be an iPhone 9 next year. I I personally think we're going to see this dual product line for two years. So on the one side, we'll have the iPhone 9, and on the other side, we'll have perhaps the iPhone X2. This will solve a naming problem, which is coming up. Do you want an iPhone 12, 13, 15, 22? Uh, You know, you get to double digits, it's time to rethink how you name it. So maybe um, it's going to be the iPhone X2. If If you remember, Tim Cook called it the iPhone X at the beginning of the keynote. Everyone else called it the iPhone 10, and I think that that was a very clear sign that it will one day be part of the X series, X2, X3, whatever. Tim Cook doesn't make mistakes like that. I really don't think, you know, he is he always gets product names perfectly correct, um, and he's got the teleprompter in front of him when he's giving a keynote. So him saying iPhone X is not an accident. Apple plays all these games. Speaking of hints and things from Tim Cook. So someone writes to Tim Cook. Lots of people write to Tim Cook all the time. 
But one letter comes from a Mac Rumors reader. What's going to happen with the Mac Mini? And he gives this kind of positive thing that they love the Mac Mini, but there's nothing to announce. It's an, it will be an important part of their product line, something like that. Right. And what this means to me is they chose this to be the ideal time because there's not going to be another Apple Media event this year. When the iMac Pro ships later this year, there's going to be a press release. There's going to be a new Mac Mini, but probably not till next year. And it may not just be a refresh of the 2014 model. They may have something that's been rethought there. But dropping this hint now, when he could have done it at any time, and this can't be the only letter he's ever received, what's happening with the Mac Mini. They chose this time as the perfect time, because there's no Apple Media event, to say, we got something coming, just hang with us. Okay, so here's a thought. What if there were a version of the HomePod that has a computer in it? Duh. Well, why not? I mean, the Mac Mini is quite small. Um, the, I'm, I'm looking at the HomePod webpage, and they show the layout of the speakers and all that. It, it would be not impossible for them to fit the entire Mac Mini logic board and RAM and SSD and everything inside the HomePod. Um, why not make a computer that doubles as something else? In other words, let's just get this clarified here. In other words, the next Mac Mini is going to be a HomePod with a computer on it. Why not? It, it would. It would. So the Mac Mini is a small computer. Um, it's generally used as a standalone computer. An awful lot of people use it without a display. Obviously, this would be a problem um, to, to put a display in it. But why not make a, a, a headless computer that can do the kinds of things that a lot of people use the Mac Mini for? I mean, I have long said that I would love to see an iTunes server for the home, um, a media server, uh, something maybe to manage all your family's files, because the cloud isn't ideal for everyone. Um, and, and you can do this with a Mac Mini. You can set it up as a file server using Mac OS X server. Sorry, Mac OS server. Um, it's relatively easy. Um, again, what's in the Mac Mini is very small. It doesn't. It, it's it's the part of the laptop without the keyboard and the display. Um, and the battery. So it doesn't take up a lot of space. Uh, This might be a ridiculous idea, but why not um, take the HomePod and throw a computer in it and say, well, anyone who wants a computer to use, to share things at home, hey, stick in, you know, stick a USB jack on it to put a hard drive for time machine backups. Um, There's all sorts of things you can do with it. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting possibility. I agree it's going to be rethought. How it's going to be rethought is interesting. Apple also said during that meeting with journalists in early April, they mentioned some pro users. So there would be possibly a pro angle. Remember, one of the uses for the Mac Mini is to stick them in data centers for low-end web servers. And will Apple recognize that as a marketing thing? What will the Mac Mini become? And yeah, know- the, the problem is these are two very, very different uses, the, the data center use and the home use. Um, and, and it's while they've been used this way, I'm not sure that that's the best way for Apple 
to think of a computer. Uh, they, to me, these are two different computers. Um, if they do want to have a small computer to use at home, um, depending on the use, whether it's connected to a display or not, um, whether it's used as you know a server by a lot of people, um, it's not the same usage as something in a data center. And in fact, I've always been surprised that data centers find these reliable enough. I mean, I know it's a fairly reliable computer, but it's not designed to be stacked in a rack um, the, the the way you get, the way you see these when you look at these data centers that use Mac minis. But they basically take the same computer and they configure it differently. When we had tried this, we set up an external SSD, and I'll tell you why we did this in a moment with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Quick reminder that we have a special feature of the show called Tech Night Out Plus. It's the best way to support the show. And all you've got to do is go to plus.technightowl.com to learn how to sign up. Once you do, you get a version of this show free of the network ads with better quality audio, even when we have Skype problems. That's plus.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern here, and we're talking here about the use of the Mac Mini as a web server. And what we did was put an SSD on externally. And the reason we did that is if anything happened to the computer, it's not yep. such an easy thing to fix. You see with these big blade servers, like a mm. super micro, you stick in a second power supply, power supply, a goes, it switches over. There's no redundancy in a tiny computer like that. But if your drive is external, of course you have to have, should have backups. Anyway, you have an external drive, the computer goes down and you, Pull out the drive, and you go to another computer, plug it in, you're back at work business. Yeah, the, the problem with the Mac Mini is you can't replace anything. Um, I, I've actually done this a couple years ago, and I can tell you that replacing anything in the Mac Mini is just a, a very, very delicate process. So you're, it's not in a data center that you're going to have IT administrators who are going to sit down with magnifying glasses and tiny screwdrivers and spend an hour or two replacing RAM in a Mac Mini or replacing a drive or something like that. So as you say, the idea of putting your system on an external drive makes a lot of sense because then you can just you know stick it on another Mac Mini and boot it. We never ran into that, but we had some really, really, really good experiences when we tried it for a few months. I didn't want to take the chance on it, but... The speed of our sites was just about the same as with the large server, partly because of the SSD. I think that was very much it. So it was a viable alternative. The other possibility here is, does Apple want to give the Mac Mini more high-end pretensions, make it a cheap workstation? And the reason they do that is, for example... There's an HP Z2 Mini that's kind of a Mac Mini with a more robust power supply. Would Apple consider a wider, wider range of possible uses? 
Well, they already do. If you if you look at the Mac Mini, the current and, and this is a problem, of course, that it's sold at three year old prices with three year old technologies. Um, but the price goes from let's see, five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars with different processors, different amounts of storage and memory. So that that's a very big difference. You know, that that's a hundred percent price increase from the cheap to the more expensive one. Um, and frankly, a thousand dollars for that little computer today is just excessively expensive. You know, at this point, we're just guessing what Apple might do with the Mac Mini. The clear thing to me is they're going to do something, and it's going to be somewhat different than what they've done before, because they could have upgraded it yesterday with more powerful parts. They're not doing that. There has to be a reason. Yeah, but the problem is, and, and we've, we talked about this a while ago about the Mac Pro that was three years old before it was discontinued, um, that they're selling a three-year-old computer more than three year old, more than three years old now, with three year old parts at today's prices, and that's a, a bit of a middle finger to Mac users, saying, you know, this we haven't upgraded the computer, but you're still paying the same price. Um, over time, if they're not going to upgrade it, they should lower the price, and it's just not fair that they're they're really gouging. I mean, a thousand dollars, it's just no, it doesn't make sense. Right, but the thing here is it's four ninety nine right now in the US basic model. Yeah, right. but it's a thousand for the good model with more with a faster processor and more storage and better graphics. Or you go for the middle of the road at seven hundred. So let's say the seven hundred is the sort of normal price for the better model because the, the first model only has four gigs of RAM, a one point four gigahertz processor, which isn't that bad, but it's still a three year old core I five processor. Look, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, you can buy, you could build a Linux computer for maybe $200 that'll do the same thing. Um, if all you want is something to store files as a server, you know, that sort of basic stuff. Uh, I, I just don't see people buying the Mac Mini today as an actual computer, a desktop computer. I, I used one for a while back in the day. But then, of course, Apple was selling a display that would work with the Mac Mini. They don't do that anymore. They, they sell the, the Thunderbolt display that can work with the MacBook Pro or I guess it's an external with an iMac. Um, but they don't sell a display anymore that can work with the Mac Mini. So you've got to buy a display from someone else. Um, it, it just doesn't, it seems like someone just forgot to delete it from the catalog. Well, whatever it is, it's still here. Obviously, Apple's going to do something. I mean, they're still selling the Mac Pro from 2013. At least they upped the configurations for the same price, which I guess is the equivalent of a price drop to some degree. So I can see there. I could see them making the Mac Mini 399. Hey, we'll make it 399 till the next model comes out, maybe for Christmas. You know, have a last minute press release next week. Special yeah, for the holidays, 399 Mac Mini. It's not a Christmas computer, though. You don't buy someone a Mac Mini as a gift. You buy them an iPhone or an iPad or an iMac. What can I tell you? And don't forget, don't forget that the iMac Pro is supposed to be out in December. Now, maybe when they release the iMac Pro, they'll release an updated Mac Mini. That's entirely possible. Um, but that that would be almost a joke. You know, here's a five thousand dollar iMac and here's a five hundred dollar Mac Mini. Yeah, but why would you do it? So late in the holiday season. Yes, it's not specifically a Christmas computer, but you want to get these products out before Thanksgiving, yeah, except for the, the iMac, iMac Pro, Pro, which has a totally different user base. 
Yeah, the iMac Pro is very different. And, and you know, it's like when the Mac Pro came out more than three years ago, it was like Tim Cook said, before the end of the year. And it was like the last days of December that it was released, but it didn't even ship widely for months. Um, so I, I see the iMac Pro as being something like this. You, you know, we were talking about supply chain before, and it's a, a bit ridiculous that we just have to assume that every new Apple product like this, other than an annual product like the iPhone, is going to be um, not available for a very long time that the company simply can't deliver. But this is just what they've been doing in recent years, and, and it's, it's, it's a shame. Well, whatever it is, we can always hope that Apple has learned a few of its lessons with Macs and let it go with that. I'm very curious just to see a lot of things that Apple might have during their November 2nd financial report. That's the day before the iPhone 10 ships. What are they going to tell us? Well, they're not going to say anything about the iPhone People are going to ask them, and they they can give some corporate spin. I don't know. Okay, Kirk McElhern, for those who want to know more about the things you do, as opposed to the, the things, things I you do, don't, what you do you do? You can find me at Kirk. You can find me at Kirkville. It's www.kirkville.com, where I write about Max and iTunes and um, photography, and I. You can check out my podcast, The Next Track, about music um, at thenexttrack.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling 
telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. For P150, P150 GA, P150 NY, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250 A, C250 E, C250 Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-972-6540. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-972-6540. That's 1-800-972-6540. 1-800-972-6540. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So after quite a bit of time, we have Jeff Gamet coming back from the Mac Observer on the Tech Night Isle Live. And I want to jump in because there's so much to talk about. $3,000 for an iPhone 10 on eBay? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? The most expensive one that I found so far was, uh, I, I believe the exact price was $3,499.71. You see, there are people there to fill a need. The question is here. Do they have product or did they buy one of the first iPhone 10s and it's coming next week or something? Uh, all, all the ones that I found on eBay so far are people that pre-ordered an iPhone and are promising to ship it out the same day they get it or the day after. So like like November 3rd or November 4th. So it's not people that got a hold of these early. It, it's people that went through the pre-order process and uh, and are just reselling the phone they bought. So what happened here is they had like nine computers running and they went through a whole bunch of gyrations to get in there and order as many as they could. 
Probably. Well, if there's a will, there's a way. But, you know, there are people who are wondering, should I spend $999 on one? Why should I spend 3000 But there are crazy people with money to burn. There, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wish we could find some of these people that have far too much money and not enough sense, and uh, and maybe we could help them invest in our lives instead. Well, they're giving them a tax <laughs> cut. <laughs> Those are the people who gain the tax cut, folks. It's not you and I. Definitely not me. I'm. My income is you know down there somewhere, but the people who are getting tax cuts if they approve this thing here in the U.S. They will be the ones who can afford to spend three grand, ten grand, a hundred grand to get an iPhone ten. Which at prices like that, it's just insane. And I can't imagine anyone in their right mind really wanting to spend that much money. Although there's a lot of people that don't get why I was up at one in the morning Mountain Time ordering an iPhone ten, and uh, I understand there's a pill for that. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a sleeping pill. Did you succeed? I did. Uh, at least I believe I did. Uh, I, I ordered through AT&T's website because I've had better luck with availability on pre-order launch day than going through Apple's own site. And it paid off yet again because within, say, five minutes of orders starting, Apple was already two and three weeks out for, for iPhone 10 deliveries. And there, there were technical issues with AT&T servers. And by the time I got through the process, it wasn't actually an hour after pre-order started. And I still have a November 3rd date. But uh, at the same time, no one at AT&T can actually confirm that I really do have an order, even though I have an order number. So we'll see if I actually get a phone. Well, the thing, bear in mind, would be that it may take 24 hours for that order to update in their right. system. right. And uh, I ended up with the 64 gig, so the 999 model as opposed to the 1149 model. And I would have gone for the for the bigger capacity if AT&T servers had cooperated. But such is life. So a real serious question here would be, mm-hmm. all right, what's it cost per month? My cost per month is $34 and change. Well, let's call it $35. That'll just, for, we'll round it up. $35 a month for that phone. Okay, so you're not going to have an annual upgrade then? I do. So after a year, I can trade it in, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, so I'll be trading in my iPhone 7, just like I did with my iPhone 6S before. Then after a year, I will have paid enough on the phone that AT&T will let me upgrade again to the next model. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to look at that. Of course, I might have to wait six months to get the phone, but who cares? Now, here's a story. Here's a story Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, Jeff. And what it's saying here is that, and I guess it's more for people who are customers of Apple's upgrade program, if you, when you get your credit checked in order to have the order approved, if it has to go through Equifax and you've already signed up for their report, their identity guard program, whatever it is, trusted ID, I think it's called, mm-hmm. because of the hack at Equifax, your credit report is frozen. And that's holding up the orders. And that's holding up the orders for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I, I was letting people know, not giving them financial advice, because 
don't take financial advice from me, people. But uh, I was letting people know over the past week or so, look, if you've, if you've put a freeze on your credit, it may slow down or stop your order. So you need to decide if, if you're okay with that gamble or if you need to unfreeze your credit report for 24 hours. And people can do that where they unfreeze it for 24 hours with a set time where it refreezes again automatically. Now, the thing to bear in mind here is, I mentioned this earlier in the show, just to refresh your memory. If you freeze your credit report, you have to call the credit bureau to unfreeze it. If you lock your credit report, the credit grantor can call you for the approval to, you have to answer questions or something, for the approval to look at your credit report. You might be better off just having it locked. It's less red tape, unless you don't do that much credit buying. But that, of course, could slow things down. Now, the obvious other argument here is we have all this controversy over whether or not with the iPhone X or the iPhone X, whatever you want to call it, whether or not Apple could have done better and whether their management of the supply chain is as good as it should be with Tim Cook in control of Apple or because of all the new stuff there, maybe they couldn't do anything. You know, this is a conversation that people seem to have every single year with every single iPhone launch. And I think part of what it comes down to is a a lot of consumers have, or at least a lot of people in the tech industry, have short memories. Because it seems that we have these these quick sellouts of pre-orders every year. And every year it seems like so many people are surprised. The the big question this year wasn't, will iPhone X pre-orders sell out? It was, how quickly will they sell out? Will it be five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, two hours? 24 hours. Uh, For the iPhone 7, as I recall, phones were, various models were starting to go into back order within a couple hours. And then by later in the day, everything was, was, was back ordered. So in this case, it just happened faster than it did last year. And I don't know if that means that many people were ordering phones or if that means the inventory was was constrained that much. It's hard to tell because so much of what we we talk about with Apple's inventory ahead of a product launch comes from bits and pieces out of the supply chain. And these these are people that have a very limited bit of data. And so we, we take these threads and try and build this big tapestry out of them. And sometimes we get it right, and sometimes the tapestry we build doesn't match what, what's actually happening for Apple. And this is one thing Tim Cook has said several times, that you can take one supply chain metric and assume anything about what's going on because Apple switches suppliers back and forth quite often to meet demand. I mean, it's already been pretty clear by what's happened that it's going to be severely constrained for a while and that we know Apple claims there'll be some products on sale on November 3rd for you to buy at the store if you get there early. Mm -hmm. But I expect that's going to be like 10 minutes or so. You show up in there and all four units are gone. You know, uh, my guess is that for some Apple stores, that's exactly right. I'm betting Apple is prioritizing their higher traffic locations. And so they'll get more. And if you're in an area where where Apple deems your, your store to be a lower traffic store, 
which for anyone else would still be high traffic, there may not be as many iPhones available. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer talking about iPhone 10, but there's a lot more to come. Maybe a little pop culture. We haven't done that for a while. We did some with Kirk. So let's see what happens on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. In an emergency, you need a fire now. But what if the wood is wet? No problem for InstaFire. Our non-toxic fire starter packs lights wet wood, floats, and can even burn on water or in any weather. Sustains winds up to 30 miles per hour, and each pouch weighs only 1.75 ounces. Need an emergency or camp stove? Get the InstaFire Inferno stove that boils 20 ounces of water in under 3 minutes with controllable heat and temps from 425 to 1500 degrees. Free shipping. Go to InstaFire.com and use discount code RADIO30 up to 3 times for 30% off your order. InstaFire. Fire in an instant. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. 
Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. You know, I kind of think here that if I were to get an iPhone 10, and I am kind of gun shy. Say I had the extra money per month and I would buy it on a monthly basis. I think I'd sit there and wait for the first couple of week reviews because I don't have to buy a phone tomorrow. You know, if I didn't do what I do for a living, I wouldn't have ordered the iPhone 10 at uh, one in the morning. I would have waited weeks. I Actually, I probably would have waited until the new year like January or February, so that I could see what happens with the phones that everyone else is getting. I could go in and play with one and see if I really am okay with Face ID or if I just don't want to give up the Touch uh, touch ID and a home button yet. But I don't have that luxury because I need to be able to test and talk about this product right away. So I'm rushing in where angels fear to tread. But if it wasn't for that, I'd be in the same boat as you. I would be waiting that's a prudent move for the average consumer. Definitely, definitely. I think that's the whole point here. It's version 1.0. Maybe leave it alone because we know the reviewers have them now. We know that that handful of tech people that normally gets Apple product, they're looking at it right now. The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, David Pogue at Yahoo. Mm -hmm. All these people have them. You'll see Probably the review on year. like the week of November 2nd, 1st, whatever, 1st, 2nd, before the thing is actually available for sale. You'll read that review the day before or two days before, and we'll see what happens. I kind of think at this point that I want to see things like the notch and other issues that are controversial, how they stand, how people react to them. And it's a question also about what it's going to cost me. I look at money very carefully. So at this point, no guesses. When you get your iPhone 10, whenever that is, we'll talk about it. That sounds great. And if all goes well, that will be next Friday when I get it. Well, okay, so maybe we'll have a quick revisit. Quick pop culture stuff here, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go far beyond it. You're familiar with The Shadow? I am familiar with The Shadow. Okay, did you see the Alec Baldwin movie from 19, what, 94, is it? Yes, I did. Yep. I I enjoyed the imagery in that movie. I thought the sets were marvelous. Yes. I thought the costumes were marvelous. 
I thought the dialogue was, shall we say, a wee bit over the top. You know, I don't even remember the story or the dialogue. I, I just remember how beautiful each scene looked, how wonderful the sets and the costumes were, and that's it. So that probably says a lot about the movie right there. Now, Kirk doesn't go along with me on this. I think that Alec Baldwin, at that time, as a guy then, what, in his 30s or late 20s, was the perfect Lamont Cranston in Shadow. I thought he was perfect because he had that menace in his eyes. I'll, I'll go with you on that. I I was totally able to believe that he was the character. So, yeah, I'm with you. And remember here, we're dealing with a Batman kind of character in one way, where he has this menace in his eyes because he was, in this case, even more than Batman because he's a precursor to Batman. That character mm-hmm. came before Batman. He, in the Orient, was not a nice guy. He was, I think, what, an opium dealer or something like that. And he's reformed and therefore goes back to New York with his newly acquired powers of mass hypnosis or something. And he then fights crime. So he's got that dark aspect to his character, even though he plays the charming man about town, Lamont Cranston. Mm-hmm. And I think he did it well. And we were trying, Kirk McElhern and I, to cast a modern version of The Shadow. If we were to do it again, and they've talked about it. But really, it never gets beyond talk. The movie in the 1990s didn't do well. Maybe the CW should do it. I mean, they're very big into DC, but why not bring back the shadow? But would it be a period piece from the 1930s or something modern? You know, I would love it to be a period piece, but I don't know how well that would go over with with our current television viewing audiences. I mean, look look at Agent Carter. That was a period piece, and it was a good show, and yet it didn't get renewed. Well, it was renewed for one more season, but that was it. Right. And I thought it was good, but again, it had that aspect to it, and it's hard to attract millennials to that period piece thing. Then again, I think Arrow has a little of that. Where it's, it's not really, you don't think of it being in the 21st century when you look at Star City. It, you don't. And certainly Gotham doesn't. Gotham, I think, is very 1980s, 1990s. Because yeah, it's the young yeah. Batman. And I do like how in Gotham, they never really pin down the era. So we can say 1980s, 1990s. Well, they because, have mobile phones. but Yeah. 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 But it could be more recent, and they're just stylizing the computers, and yeah. But I, I, I do like the vagueness of the time period in Gotham. And with Gotham, we're seeing here that David Mazus, the young guy who plays Bruce Wayne, he's getting tall. You notice that he's taller than Commissioner Gordon, who's five ten, so he's probably five eleven. The guy who plays Alfred. Mm-hmm who's the son of Doctor Who, by the way, a son of a Doctor Who. Yes, he is. He is six feet. So he's like 5'11". You figure another couple of years, he'll be six foot, six foot one, maybe taller. He looks like he's really going to grow. He hasn't yet expanded his very thin physique. And I assume he'll become more muscular or start working out more as he gets older. The goal, of course, is to turn him into Batman before the series disappears. Right. Like that. It's kind of cheesy, though, kind of in the range 
of Tim Burton with his Batman movies. I think that's their inspiration. Not Christopher Nolan, but Tim Burton. What do you think? Yeah, I I think it leans more towards Tim Burton. Uh, I mean, there's some very dark elements. There's been some violence that I think leans more towards the Christopher Nolan style. But yeah, it's more of a a Burton-esque feel, which I think is actually good. Because if you went with the Nolan style for everything, I think it would just be too intense all the time. It would be too dark, too heavy. And it wouldn't have that kind of comic book feel that we sometimes get with Gotham. There you go with Gotham. Have you been watching the CW stuff lately? I have been so busy lately that I haven't been able to to like sit down and really watch a bunch of stuff. The, the thing that I have been watching and I'm absolutely loving is the Orville. That's kind of a Star Trek kind of show, isn't it? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it is. It's it's very much in the vein of Star Trek, and it, it feels to me like this is the Star Trek we deserve right now, and not in a bad way. Like, here you go. Here's your present. Here's a really good Star Trek story that's also funny sometimes. And the, the writing, I think, is just wonderful. I, I love how they're, they're tackling uh, serious issues, and they don't give themselves the easy out with uh, with the story endings the characters i think just just fit together really well and it's just a lot of fun and i I didn't know what to expect when i went into it i watched the first episode at the end of it i was like okay let's bring on some more and each episode has just gotten better the one thing that we are noticing with tv shows this year a lot of the shows have lower ratings on the first run And then what they call the Live Plus 3, which is the DVR ratings three days from the broadcast time, Mm -hmm. are much higher. So, for example, all these CW shows, the ratings are down this year over the previous year. We're at the lowest level of the previous year. But then on the Live Plus 3, they're all soaring. Mm -hmm. They're all much higher and almost doubles, you know, 50 to 100 percent. And what this means is those shows will be renewed it's just that more people, I think, are time-sharing. And maybe now it's because of sports and stuff, and later on in the year, things will stabilize. But I'm looking at Gotham ratings, and Gotham's ratings mm-hmm. were very much what you would expect from a CW show last year, if you look at the ratings. And part of it is they got NFL the same night, and that might be the reason why its ratings were so low. The Orville is higher than Gotham. I'm going to look at it, but probably wait till like it's on Netflix or something. I don't have time for the initial run of Oroville, but I definitely will look at it. And I'll take your recommendation to heart. If I don't like it, it's your fault. Okay? I uh, did. Did you see Star okay. Trek Discovery at all? I saw the first two episodes, the ones that the ones that you could get for free. And I enjoyed them. It felt to me like it could have been any just new, interesting sci-fi series. It didn't have to be a Star Trek property. From what I've heard, when you get into the later episodes, then then it does really feel like a Star Trek property. Okay. More to come with Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Marcia Miller from Mud Pie. Every new parent dreams of bringing their baby home for the first time. But some babies are born too sick or too soon to come home right away. That's why Mud Pie supports the life-saving research and programs of the March of Dimes, the leading nonprofit organization for pregnancy and baby health. Help us give every baby a fighting chance so that more babies can come home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Star Trek Discovery. They showed first episode on CBS, then it went to CBS All Access, the streaming service. It's mm-hmm. been renewed for a second season. And as you Which say, it's becoming more Star Trekian. I haven't seen all the episodes at all. I do I've know only the only the questionable thing about it here is this woman who's the first officer is like a foster daughter of Spock's father. Yeah. And there's nothing in the canon to indicate her existence. How will they deal with that? It'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. Uh, or maybe they didn't mention it for some reason. They had a falling out, and he never referred to her anymore. Right. And if we use the Star Trek movies as canon for this, I forgot the name of the, the movie. It's the one where we meet Cybox, Spock's other brother. Right. That'd be Star Trek V, I think. And that's yeah. the one that Shatner directed. The one that Shatner directed, yes. The one and- that everybody puts down, but I thought was a pretty decent film. I, I saw uh, a fan edit of it, which was so much better. And and all they did was take out any reference to Cybok being Spock's brother, and then I'll, and then the story suddenly worked a lot better. In that movie, the explanation was Sarek just doesn't talk about the other families he has. So if we go with that, okay, well he doesn't talk about his foster daughter, and the only reason we know his relationship to Spock is because we have seen them interact in, in TV shows and movies. And it looks like Spock's father was an afterthought. You didn't know he existed until they created him for the TV series, the original one. 
Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. So they have to retrofit this. Now, for the movies, it doesn't matter because it's an alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one is 10 years before the original series. Therefore, lots of things can happen that can impact the relationship between the two. I thought that was a James Frain who plays Sarek. He's really good at it. He normally plays a villain. Yeah, it, it was interesting in those first two episodes to see him not the bad guy. It right. was kind of fun. And he's British. As so many of these actors who you think are American, he's British. He's been on so many TV series, if you look back. He has, yeah. This guy, and he always mostly plays villainous roles. He's on genre shows like The Cape, which is kind of like a Batman style. He was in Grimm. He was in Gotham. Right. He was in True Blood. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at this, and he was in a lot of shows, 24. He did 10 episodes of 24. But again, most of the time, he is the villain. And here he's Sarek. And if anything else is certain about Sarek, whatever you think of him, he's a good guy. Yes. Yes, he is. He may not always be a nice guy, but he's a good guy. Right. Well, he's not nice because, you know, he's a Vulcan and he has to be a Vulcan and all like that. James Dominic Frayne, born in Leeds, West Yorkshire, England. He seems like a normal guy here. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the series, but I just can't bring myself to give CBS 10 bucks a month for another streaming service, because that's the only thing I would watch on that. I'm seeing here maybe we should take the free one-week trial when all the shows are broadcast and see if we can binge them in a week. Or take it for one month, watch all the shows, and then cancel. I do that sometimes with Netflix to mm-hmm. save money. You can... Put Netflix on hold for a few months. So I catch all the shows. And usually it's like going to be over the Christmas holidays when there's a lot of repeats. Or it's going to be in summer when there isn't a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just sit there and go through all the shows and then suspend the membership for a few months. You see? There's a I, way. I like this idea. That the only thing that concerns me about it this time and, and I have nothing to tell me this is what CBS is going to do, but it wouldn't surprise me, is if uh, when they get to you know, farther into the season, if they start dropping the earlier episodes off the watch list. So, so you can't binge the entire thing just by paying for one month. You'd have to get in early enough to see the early episodes and then carry it on through to see the rest of the season, which would be kind of a, a, a crappy thing to do. But at the same time, that's business. And they really want people subscribing to CBS All Access. I just don't see a reason. The only other show on there is the, what, the Good Wife spinoff. Yeah, which, which I don't have any interest in. So for me, it's, it's a one-show streaming service. And I think that's going to be the big problem. I agree, now, initially but, yeah. speaking, it's going to catch all the people who are Trekkers, mm-hmm. who want to see a new Star Trek series. The problem is, once that group has subscribed, will there be enough continued business? And will they drop off after the season's over? Will they just drop off and rejoin the following year? 
Is so you can't keep them for a year if you're going to be broadcasting this over what a five or six month period, right? They've got to have more. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they if they can do enough to entice these people, especially the the Star Trek fans, to stick with the service. Well, we have to see. We have to see what's going to happen here with that. But this is the whole problem with streaming, by if the not, way. They'll just have uh, cyclical subscribers. Yeah, and I think the problem I also see is that you're going to have this problem with other streaming services, too. We see that Disney wants to do one. They want to remove content from Netflix and have their own and make more money. But they aren't thinking of, okay, you cut the cable cord. And the reason is not just to get the exclusive content or anything. You cut it because you want to save money. You don't want to have 300 channels and nothing to watch. They keep raising the price every year. And partly it's not because of the cable or satellite company. It's the entertainment companies that get very greedy. So you cut the cord. You want to save money. And maybe if you're close enough to the TV stations, you can get yourself a digital antenna. They do have DVRs, by the way, for off-air TV. Mm -hmm. And you get that, and then you get Netflix, and maybe you have iTunes, and you're cool. And then you've got The Man, The High Castle at Amazon Prime Video. And then you've got CBS All Access. And then maybe you want HBO or Showtime to watch something, Showtime for Ray Donovan or something, whatever. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the bill adds up. And what you thought you saved on cable and satellite, you're no longer saving. There's got to be some resistance there. You've got these slim streaming packages from DirecTV, Dish Network, PlayStation. There might be one or two others. I thought Apple was going to do that at one time. There's going to be a point of no return where this no longer is viable. And I think that's going to be a problem. It's going to be too expensive, too many services. What do you go do? Well, you go back and relicense them the cable and satellite and start over. Yeah, it's. I I would like to see a better solution than that, but I think the cable industry is pushing this to make that what people really want. I mean, as it stands right now, I'm a cord cutter, so I have Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Apple Music as my subscriptions. And I have no interest in signing up for any more, even though I would love to watch Star Trek Discovery. I, I'm not adding another $10 to my subscription list because at this point, I'm, I'm already approaching what I would pay for a, uh, a monthly cable subscription. So it just it doesn't make sense for me. Uh, on a personal level, to just keep adding on more and more subscriptions. I'm not going to do it. This is going to be the dilemma. At the beginning, it's fine. Eventually, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if people are going to do what, what I'm calling cyclical subscriptions, where they they sign up and then drop services based on what shows are are playing when we'll go into more of this with jeff gamut cord cutting i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night on live
Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-7740. That's 800-610-7740. This just in, before your doctor gives you another antibiotic prescription that you don't want, get this free report, The Miracle of Garlic, Your First Home Medicine. This free report is filled with easy kitchen remedies for common colds, flus, sore throats, ear infections, and more. Plus, learn to boost your immunity before you get sick. Go now to GCNWellness.com. Just like it sounds, GCNWellness.com to get your free report, The Miracle of Garlic. Click GCNWellness.com. Message and data rates may apply. Oh my gosh, that's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me, are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot. I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so. Sorry, we recognize you from those Nugenics commercials. Oh yeah? That's great. So does Nugenics really work? Oh yeah, I really can feel the difference. My workouts are better, and I feel a lot more energetic. I wish my husband would use Nugenics. It's so easy to get started. All you have to do is send one simple text. Text the word PRIME44 to 42. 424 for a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And you're going to like the difference, too. Text PRIME44 to 42424 for a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. Samples are not available in stores. Text PRIME44 to 42424. ProPure water filters, most trusted, most tested. Right now, you can save 25% on the ProPure Nomad Gravity System. Visit an authorized ProPure dealer for details. That's P-R-O-P-U-R. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. That's advertise.gcnlive.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Right now, my TV diet is a cheap annual package from the cable company. Because I live in a place now where you can't do satellite. They've deliberately set it up that even though it's physically possible to set up a satellite here, it would have to be done in a way that violates their terms, the property manager's terms. You can't do it. So I have the cable company, Cox, the only option I have for TV. I have a pretty basic package a fairly basic internet package. Well, step up from the minimum or two. And then I have this annual thing where they give it to me at half price. And so it's not so bad. And then they have the option where you, after a year you can start another package and do it all over again. So you never pay the full amount. And if that's the case and they meet what they tell me they're going to do, I won't pay a lot of money. Netflix, I buy seasonally. When there's shows I get it for a few months, that's it. I rarely ever ran from iTunes. But now mm-hmm. that they've changed the standard in the U.S. that you, once you start watching a movie, you have 48 hours to finish it, maybe I'll rent a little bit more. When it was 24 hours, no. The only time I did that with 24 hours in the last year was one movie for a dollar. They had a movie for a dollar, a bunch of movies for a dollar rental. And I figured mm-hmm. if I have to rent them a second time, big deal. It's a dollar. If I'm going to do an iTunes rental, it's probably because I've sat down on the couch with the explicit intent of watching that specific movie at that time. So I rent it and I'm watching immediately as opposed to I rent it because I know I want to watch it later today or tomorrow. It's, it's always an in-the-moment thing. I don't do that much renting. The only rental I've done in the past other than that $1 rental was for Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed that movie. That was worth your rental, I think. And as I mentioned before, Chris Pine was in his full William Shatner mode there, especially when he's rescued by Wonder Woman early on in the movie. He was so much like Shatner. It was unbelievable. It was awesome. So he's embraced his inner William Shatner. Well, good for him. He's embraced his full William Shatner. <laughs> not that bad, folks. No, uh, not that bad at all. You know, you owe it to me to start watching some of the CW TV shows. It's one of those things that when I sit down to to watch something, it crosses my mind every single time. Pick up the remote. What should I watch because of Gene? I'm not kidding. This, this happens all the time. I need to get back to Flash and Supergirl so I can get caught up on both because there's so much for us to talk about there. And a lot of stuff is happening this year. Of course, you do know what happened to Monel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's sent away because of Lena Luther's invention or the invention she modified from her brother Lex Luther to put tiny bits of lead into the atmosphere enough to poison Daxamites. Supergirl is still mourning the loss of her lover, even through episode three. We meet the Martian Manhunter's father in episode three, and that's Carl Lumbly, who played Martian Manhunter in the animated series. 
Animated Justice League series. And he does it really well. He has this intensity, plays a high priest for the Martians. Uh, I was just saying, that's cool. I don't know how many episodes he's going to be in. They haven't mentioned it. But he comes to Earth. I'll leave you with that. So you expect he's going to be in more. It's worth seeing there. And then, of course, Maggie Sawyer's dad, who's, of course, the guy from Tony from 24. Mm -hmm. He plays a Mexican who cannot handle that his daughter is gay. They get into some real life situations there. I'm glad. I think there's too many shows that shy away from too far from the real world, and it makes it harder to relate to the to the shows because they can be seem too sterile. It makes it harder to relate to. But when they're dealing with with real issues that we're dealing with today, like what do you do when you have a family member that does not approve of your sexuality? And that family member is your father, and he throws you out of the house at 14. You know, it got to be pretty sad there, what was going on. Mm-hmm. All the things that are going on. But they also did some other wacky things. There's a sneak peek of that episode where John Johns is going to Mars, and they go into this old Chevy, which has been rebuilt. He and Supergirl, and she said, this is what you're going to do to fly to Mars? And he says, we're a race of shapeshifters and our devices also shapeshift. So, of course, it morphs into a spaceship. Mm-hmm. It had things there that reminded me a little bit of Back to the Future and also The Last Starfighter. And you'll see why when you watch it. I just thought it was a beautifully executed scene. And I continue to be amazed how realistic Melissa Benoist is as Supergirl. I mean, you look at her and you just see how natural she is and you can believe she's what she is. Yeah. That's very hard. I mean, that's really hard Mm -hmm. to take a character like this, a larger-than-life character, and humanize her. And I love how when she's not Supergirl, she is still this very relatable and real character. You know, not, not like... I'll use the 1966 Batman series as an example. When you saw... Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. It was merely to establish who they were so that they could be Batman and Robin for the rest of the episode. There really wasn't much of a character development for who they were. That's something that that I really felt like I was seeing in so many of the of the superhero or secret identity related shows. But I, I love that Supergirl when she's not Supergirl, is a very compelling character that I want to know more about all the time. And they're going to do that. They're going to show them as they flash back to their life in school, where they go back to a class reunion and they remember who they were. So they're doing a lot with the actual characters, her and her foster sister that you don't see. I think even Superman the movie, you didn't think of Clark Kent as a person because as soon as... He became Superman. He became this silly goofball as Clark Kent, very clumsy. I think when they did it on TV with Tyler Hoechlin as Superman, they played that goofy aspect of Clark Kent low-key to make him more realistic. Not the same way, not as broad. But you see, in the 1970s, it's a comic book, so everyone has to overact. Mm -hmm. Nowadays... They want to portray these people as real. You want to know that Barry Allen 
before he became the Flash as a real person. And I like that there are those backstories now. It makes these characters more relatable. Well, for TV especially, because for TV, it's not like a movie where you watch them for a couple of hours and that's it. Every week, they come into your home on a one-hour show. And you have to play them more realistic. Otherwise, it just becomes a, a nothing more than a formula that no one is going to stick with as a viewer for very long. More to come with Jeff and Gene. You're in the Tech Night Alive. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. 
Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So a little bit of backstory here on the superhero show CW. Obviously skewering to a lower audience to some degree because CWTV does that. But trying to portray all these larger-than-life characters as more human, especially Supergirl, very much the Flash. Arrow, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to this year in the sixth season where Oliver Queen has this son that he didn't know he had with this college girlfriend. And now she's gone. He has to play the father. You know, I tried several times to get into Arrow, and I just couldn't do it. The the Oliver Queen that they created in the TV series just really didn't do it for me. I, I, I really had a hard time finding any reason to be interested in him. The few times that he's been on on Flash it's been a thing where it's like, okay, in, in a short dose as a secondary character to the flash, I'm, I'm okay with the character, but it's actually all of Arrow's sidekicks that were, that are far more compelling to me. I'm pretty sure I'm in a minority here. Well, it's the lowest rated of the CW shows, but it was the originator and it gave them the room to do this legends of tomorrow. Also, you know, it tends to be wackier and you don't see the kind of character development. But it's Legends of Tomorrow. It's a bunch of second-rate superheroes trying to shine above their capabilities, rise above their pay grade. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes the show kind of sort of work. Yeah. And, yeah, they're trying to be more fantastical with it, whereas with these these other shows... you know, even though you have characters with, with fantastical powers like Supergirl and, and The Flash, they're still trying to make them seem more human and more relatable. But, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow, it's, it's all about the fantastical fun. They go back through time. They go into all sorts of wacky stuff. But it has elements of the others. Anyway, that's the CWTV. That's the superheroes. Of course, we have the ones on Netflix and we never talked about this before. Did you see The Defenders on Netflix where they have Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, 
and Iron Fist. You know, I really loved the Defenders. And for me, the, the series was, here's the Defenders with their whiny sidekick or, or mascot, Iron Fist. But d- despite the fact that the whole Iron Fist thing just... I don't think they did it that well. The Defenders, I really enjoyed that series. And I'm glad that that it wrapped up the way it did so that we don't have to weigh down the standalone shows with all of this backstory stuff to set up the the next Defender season again. I also thought they redeemed the Iron Fist character to some degree. Because in the comic books, he's a pal of Luke Cage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there was some redemption for, for the character. It still felt, though, like they they wrote the mascot for the Defenders. But, but that was Iron Fist. So, but maybe now that they've gotten through this this unified storyline across all all of the the characters, they can do something more with Iron Fist. Well, we have to see what the next season is going to be like. Of course, now we have Stranger Things is premiered. I haven't seen it yet, but it is available for those who want to. I haven't had a chance to start watching season two yet. But my plan is this evening, I'm going to uh, to get through at least a couple episodes. Now, for me, I'm going to wait till we get this Vizio 4K TV set up and upgrade my Netflix to 4K. It has a built-in Google Chromecast. Oh, cool. So we'll have to see how well that sets up. I still think you need the smartphone to cast the apps. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but we're going to try it, folks. And I'll let you know how it works and how the 4K looks with Stranger Things. Let's get back to some other things that aren't so strange, but because we have a segment and a half left, we'll talk about our corner of the world with technology. All right, let's focus on this, folks. Tim Cook says, we love the Mac Mini. What's the next Mac Mini going to be like? Because there's definitely now we know there's going to be one. Well, I would like to think there's going to be one, uh, but saying we love the Mac Mini, right now that's kind of hard to believe because we're looking at a computer that hasn't been revised at all in three years. That doesn't seem like much of a of, of a loving relationship to me. So Apple needs to do something, and I would like to have seen that happen already. I'm assuming if there's something new coming, it will still be a headless box like the Mac Mini currently is. So you bring your own display keyboard and mouse. And uh, and at this point, I'm feeling like what they would give us is little more than just uh, uh, hardware spec bumps. Newer processor, faster SSD, throw on USB-C ports because that's, that's what we're seeing Apple transition to for everything else. And that's about it. So I would like to see something new and cool with the Mac Mini, but I'm not going to get excited about it until Apple actually shows me something that's worth getting excited about. Yes, but they could have done an inline refresh any time in the last three years. Oh, absolutely. That could be done. That could be done, what, in a few weeks to develop the new parts and test it and everything this is nothing big that they're being coy about it says there's a new mac mini in the works it's going to rework the idea i don't know what that's going to be 
I can think maybe it's going to be something that has a wider range of options with more robust power supply. So it becomes the mini workstation because a Mac Pro is going to be more humongously expensive than ever. The iMac Mm -hmm. Pro is very expensive. And someone who wants a workstation, a headless computer, something with a lot of power that isn't super expensive. Maybe they could make the Mac Mini available in some configurations where it could do that. But to have more robust parts, it needs to have a more robust power supply like they're doing with the iMac Pro. Yes. And at the same time, I'm looking at this and thinking, does Apple want to take the Mac Mini and move it up to to something that, that's closer to what, what I'll call the Pro line, even though it wouldn't be a Pro computer? Or do they want to keep it as the entry-level gateway Mac that, that we have today? So l- lower price, easier for someone to, to transition from, say, Windows into Mac OS because they don't have to make as big an investment to get started. I, I mean, that, that's a nice place to have a computer in Apple's lineup. So, I mean, maybe they could do multiple versions of, of the Mac Mini where you have that low-cost entry level, but then you have the performance machine that has the, the faster bus speed, the 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 more powerful processor, a faster SSD. Yeah, well, the question is, would there be two separate models or one model that could be configured in more elaborate ways? I, I'm thinking you'd have uh, one model, multiple configurations. So you can have an entry level and uh, and more of a performance model. That way you can keep your entry level price, but then still appease the people that, that want to to have a more powerful Mac without being locked into Apple's display. Now, lest we forget, I know two people who, for time, switched to the Mac Mini. I have a longtime Mac user who bought a Mac Mini, and then he upgraded to an Intel-based Mac Mini. He bought the original PowerPC version. And then, of course, for a time, Kirk McElhern switched to a Mac Mini. So there are a lot of prospects there. It's not just a low-power computer, because today, low power is pretty powerful. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer with us, and we're speculating about the possibilities of the next Mac Mini. Now that Apple tells us they love the Mac Mini, and something is coming. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at bugassault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your bug assault today. ProPure water filters. Most trusted, most tested. Right now, you can save 25% on the ProPure Nomad Gravity System. Visit an authorized ProPure dealer for details. That's P-R-O-P-U-R. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. That's advertise.gcnlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck, or back, or shoulder. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Why take another pill? Treat your aches and pains with sunshine pillows, microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body heating wraps. Sunshine pillows and wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it, even while driving. Sunshine pillows are designed with your comfort in mind, will not burn you, and will stay balanced on your body to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, sunshine pillows start at just $20. Join hundreds of our happy customers and see why Sunshine Pillows has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Click sunshine-pillows.com and take the Sunshine Pillow Challenge. That's sunshine-pillows.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, that... Mm -hmm. We have this announcement from Tim Cook in the form of a letter to a Mac Rumors reader coming out at just this time. That shows intent on the part of Apple because he gets thousands of emails, and I'm sure it's not the first one asking about the Mac Mini. So this was done as a timed release, right? Yeah, my, my guess is that it was. Apple doesn't do things just on a whim. 
everything seems to be calculated. So I, I'm assuming this response to a customer was calculated as well. Now, I once thought of an ideal Mac, and I'm not the only one. There was a mythical computer, I think, that Dan Frakes from Macworld, used to be with Macworld magazine. Mm-hmm. And he had this mythical computer, which basically was a affordable, headless computer. And then we have the Mac Mini, and I thought, well, maybe this would be like a iMac, the guts of an iMac, without the display. And maybe that's what it becomes. I don't know. It was the mythical mid-range Mac Mini Tower. Remember? I do remember. Yep. I, I would love to see something like that. I'm not sure if that's something that Apple feels fits into their product matrix right now. I would like it to be, though. We'll have to see where Apple wants to go with that. Obviously, they're making a big deal of it at this point and making the announcement that there's not going to be another Apple event this year. I think that's the hint. So when the iMac Pro ships, it's just going to be a press release. It ships. Goodbye. We'll be back next year. Have a nice time. Yeah, that's assuming it ships this year. Maybe they're going to do something in the spring. Well, the iMac Pro is supposed to ship in December. Well, I mean for the Mini. And I get what you're saying. For the iMac Pro, we're not getting a special event that we'll just get, here's when it's shipping, pre-orders start, have at it. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it'll be late in the season. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. How's your experiences been with High Sierra? Uh, so far, they've been good. I've been using High Sierra since the early developer betas, and not on my production machine, but on my test machine. And I've been surprised at how well it, it worked through the whole beta period. And that's carried over into the official release, which is what I'm running on my main computer now. And other than a couple drivers that I needed, like for my Wacom tablet, uh, that, that weren't available at launch, it's been just fine for me. I, I'm very pleased with High Sierra so far. You have a Fusion drive anywhere amongst your equipment? Nope. And uh, that's part of the reason why I'm happy with High Sierra. And my gut feeling is that if you have a Fusion drive, you may not be getting APFS support, which it, it, I think that's okay because when you're dealing with a Fusion drive, you have a spinning drive in the mix. And APFS, the, the, the file, the, the drive format that replaces HFS Plus, that was never designed for spinning drives, really. So I, I think Apple just needs to, to make it clear to people, don't worry about it. If you have a, a Fusion drive or just a spinning drive, you don't really need APFS. That's, that's for your, your SSDs. But it will be added support. That's what they're promising in a future high yeah. Sierra update. But who cares? doesn't matter anymore. iOS 11, how's it going for you? Well, it's interesting. I'm really liking a lot of the features in iOS 11. And just just to be clear, I'm on developer betas for, for iOS 11. So I will have some problems that other people won't see. But man, my battery life on my iPhone and iOS 11 is horrible. Absolutely horrible. I can't even go a day without without a serious recharge on my iPhone anymore. 
And I, I'm hoping by the time we get to the official iOS 11.1 release that these battery issues that I'm experiencing and a lot of other people are experiencing are taken care of. I don't have any on iPhone 7. I'm running the public beta. Okay. And it's the same thing. iOS 11.1. No problems. It's working fine. On my iMac, I'm running High Sierra, the current public beta. All right? So that's 10.13.1 beta. And runs fine. I think the only thing is, on the CW TV, if you go on their site and you want to watch something, you want to stream something, the picture window is all screwed up because you only get half the picture, a big black border for half the width of the picture, and the other half you know, is, is half the picture. And that's only in Safari. And if I use another browser, Firefox, Google Chrome, it's fine. So that, that sounds like a problem with Apple's WebKit implementation in Safari. Well, they better fix that. This I think they'll fix because until High Sierra's was installed, it was fine. In fact, you know, I used to watch, if I couldn't see a CW TV show, I'd watch it the next day on my iMac mm-hmm. if I had time. I can't since I tried it with High Sierra. So I assume it's, as you say, kind of a WebKit issue. I would think, though, that CWTV wants people to see their shows online. They've made a big pitch of, you can get the app, you can view it online, you don't have to pay a monthly fee. Of course, you get the commercials. But they made such a big deal, I think they'd want to fix that. I agree. And and CW, it seems to me their attitude is all of our content available to you everywhere so that you're more likely to watch. So it's in their best interest to work with Apple to figure out what's going on so that people like you that want to watch the day after just stream in your web browser can do that. And all the CWTV shows have shown really big improvements in their Live Plus 3 ratings. Live Plus 3 means that they calculate the initial ratings of the live broadcast plus the DVR ratings for the next three days. It counts towards advertising. And they go up 50 to 100%. And last year, the ratings were somewhat higher on the initial show, but not so much in the Live Plus 3. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Uh, you can find me over at MacObserver.com, along with a lot of other amazing writers. And you can find me on podcasts like Mac Observer's Daily Observations and Apple Context Machine. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut. Where can you find us? That's the question. Therein lies the tale. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look at Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And also now we're featuring TechNightOwl.com blogs, our special feature commentaries, not just on TechNightOwl.com, but on our network site, GCNLive.com. We're told they are the most popular articles on our network site. How about them apples? Nice. Uh, Cool. That's really cool. We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, we're going to be featuring a really interesting character by the name of Dr. John Alexander. He's a colonel, by the way. And he covers the paranormal. He's an Army Colonel Green Beret. He's traveled all over the world, but he's also looked at paranormal phenomena, 
UFOs, and was considered the inspiration for one of the main characters in the film Men Who Stare at Goats. The character played by George Clooney, believe it or not. You'll learn more from Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We also have a special way for you to listen to this show and really support the Tech Night Out Live, and that's to subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. How do you do it? Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com for full instructions on how to sign up. Low subscription rates starting at $1.49 a week. For that, you get a better quality show, better quality audio, higher bit rate, free of the network ads. People ask me about the ads. That's the way to get rid of them. Like with Hulu, you pay a little bit and you get rid of the ads. Jeff Gamet, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It's always great to be here. Thanks for having me on again. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.